Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Now premiering on the Studio DNA Network, Sif Pop Writer's Room, a new show consisting of the writers of SifPop.com. On a rotating basis, we'll be discussing some classic movies we're watching for the first time, some comic book movies, some nostalgic movies, and what TV shows we're currently watching. But each week, we'll also be taking a look at the movies that are coming out soon and give our thoughts on how we think they will turn out. If you love movies, Sif Pop Writer's Room is the place to be. So come on in and we will pull up a chair for you. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that probably does smell like Pop-Tarts, it's Sif Pop. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most weekends or available to download later in your podcast feed, unless of course you're a patron. Oh, man, I didn't turn it on. Give me a second. I had it pulled up and everything. I I, I literally had it selected, but there's a there's a knob that I have to. Uh, there's always a click knob where a voice changer. So here we go. Patrons get perks. <laughs> Patrons get those perks. Woo. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and I'm checking him out. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'm checking you out. I'm checking you out. Each week we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. Uh, welcome, Andrew. Welcome back to uh, Sif Pop full episode. We've done Sif Swifts for a couple weeks, and we're glad to get back into the full yeah. episodes for you. It's been interesting yeah. because um, movies are kind of back. Not in the way that they used to be, but they're definitely coming out over the last week. There were like six or seven new movie releases on different platforms, and yeah. it's it's kind of one of those things where, and we kind I kind of mentioned this to you, where it's like, hey, if new movies are coming out, we're going to talk about them on Sif Pop. You know, we've still got the yeah. Sif Shame thing we can do if there's a week that doesn't happen. But if we're in the new normal now, where there's stuff coming out on streaming platforms every week, um, that's what we're going to chat about. 
And not only out on the streaming platforms, but I think the Alamo is reopening uh, this coming week. Really? I don't know what they're going to show. I think they're going <laughs> to like do like a testing thing, because I think the first big release is Tenet, right? And that comes yeah. out August 8th. Yeah, they moved it to August. Uh, they keep moving it back in I just have a sneaking suspicion they're going to keep moving it back. Um, they better it, not. They better not. I want that movie real bad. <laughs> I do too. But here's the thing, like, and and again, not to get into the the you know the Rona podcast, uh, but yeah. it's you know there are more new cases now than there were at its peak before. Like it's you know nationwide yeah. at least. Now where we're located, it's not you know bursting like that. But there are certainly a lot of cities in the U.S. right now where it's kind of exploding. So yep. it's just, I just I don't know. That's my main thing. I always come back to like I just I don't know. I'm gonna try to trust the scientists and do what they say to do and wear my mask and and you know be responsible. But I just I don't think any of us are in a place where we can predict you know when this is when movie theaters will be back. Oh yeah, it's it's anybody's guess. Uh, I I have a feeling like maybe Alamo because they said they're gonna open next week. Maybe they're just gonna do like a. Older movies like have like yeah. a Rocky Horror Picture Show, you know, how they have the sing along. Mm-hmm. And maybe they'll uh, only have like a limited number of seats available. Like between uh, each person, there's going to be two empty seats, mandatory or something like that. Yeah, and, and we should say we we obviously don't speak for Alamo. Uh, you know, we're not 100 oh, percent sure no, no, what, I'm just... what they're doing. So you know, don't 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 get uh, mad at them for doing something that we're saying they might be doing when we don't you know know 100 yeah. percent exactly what they're doing. But 100 um, percent speculation. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's speculation with what's going to happen. And yeah, it, the longer it goes, the more interesting it gets to be. Like, what's going to happen when stuff comes back, and will the paradigm have shifted so much that things are so different that it will never be exactly the same. Um, you know, it's becoming more and more likely that that's the case. I was thinking about, and I wanted to mention this because I think this will be a new 4th of July tradition for my family. We all watched Hamilton together, uh, that came out on Disney plus this week. Um, that was scheduled to be a theater release next year, right? Yeah. So, and, and I'm thinking like, that's kind of, at least for me, the first big one where I'm like, that could have been like a hundred million dollar movie. People were pumped to see that. Like, if you look at the yeah. the trend on social media and everything like that, this, you know, over 4th of July weekend, as it happened, I think they could have made hundreds of millions of dollars on that at the box office, yet they decided a year early to pop it up on Disney+. Plus. That's a big deal, I think. That's, you know, kind of a vote for what streaming means to them, what Disney+, Plus means to them. So, man, I just, it, it just becomes more interesting and more interesting the further down this road we get. You know, the more times that Tenet delays, the more I'm going, I'm not sure <laughs> what movies look like when theaters come back. You know, how that even works. So, it'll be fascinating. Yeah. Did you watch Hamilton? Uh, I haven't yet. I, I watched the two movies, and uh, I've been doing chores around the house. But don't worry, I'm going to be watching it this week for sure. My, maybe we should have a conversation about it uh, next week. If you know you're going to get to it this week, maybe we'll... Uh, We'll oh, yeah. have some Hamilton thoughts, and we'll save them for next week. I will I will just say this. I, I think I've already talked on this podcast about how I'm, uh, much I loved it when I went to the live show. So I don't think it's a, you know, a surprise that I would love the movie as well, um, because it is just a filming of the live show, uh, but with the original cast, which is something I didn't have when I saw it in Chicago. So 
Uh, although that's what I was about to ask. The guy if it was the original cast. No, but the guy I saw in Chicago, who was Alexander Hamilton, is now the Alexander Hamilton on Broadway, um, and that doesn't surprise me because he was amazing. But um, but anyhow, no, it, you know, seeing the original cast is you know kind of mind blowing. So I'm, I'm excited to have that conversation next week. But um, but it was a really great time with the family, and it just kind of it makes sense as a Fourth of July thing. I've loved the conversation about it online about historical accuracy and what Lin-Manuel was trying to say with this production and you know how he's not exactly honoring these people he's actually changing history in some I mean on some obvious ways some you know race racial ways uh and so yeah I'm, I'm excited to have that conversation because I think it's good that that you know that more and more people can see this production and kind of have those conversations together yeah oh I, I'm beyond stoked I for like the last ever all everybody has been talking about is that Hamilton is the greatest, you know, Broadway play ever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm like, yeah, but I'm never going to get to see it. And now <laughs> that I know I will get to see it, even though, you know, it won't be live, I'm pumped. I'm yeah. pumped. And you know me, I don't like musicals, but this is a different kind of musical. It's not, you know, anything I'd ever seen, be- anything anyone had ever seen before. Right. Right. So, Yeah. It'll I'm totally down for uh, talking about it next week if nothing else pops up. Okay. All right. Well, well, we'll slot it on the list for next week and then see what else pops up to chat about next week. But we've got stuff to talk about this week, Andrew. Uh, yeah, we do. A couple of those new movies that came out this past week. Uh, we're going to chat a little bit about uh, Irresistible, the Jon Stewart movie, and Eurovision Song Contest, uh, the story of Fire Saga. That uh, the new Will Ferrell uh, comedy on Netflix. Uh, that one's on Netflix. Irresistible is for rent, uh, currently on demand, quote unquote, uh, for rent at the different platforms. Um, but those were both out this week. So we're going to chat about those. We've got a best ever challenge, best ever Will Ferrell movies that we're going to get to. Of course, we'll have our buried treasure. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, let's kick it off by talking about Eurovision Song Contest, the story of Fire Saga. Ever since we were children, we've had one dream. Winning the Eurovision Song Contest. All right, everyone. I am Lars. This is Secret. We are Fire Saga. Who wants to hear Eurovision Song? All of Iceland thinks we are a joke. That's not true. And my father is ashamed of me. No, he's not. He looked me into the eyes and said, I am ashamed of you. Maybe he was drunk. He said, and you might think that I'm drunk, but I am dead sober. Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga is not only a very long title, uh, it is a movie that came out about two small town singers chasing their pop star dreams at a global music competition where scheming rivals high stakes and onstage mishaps test their bond. This is based on the actual Eurovision Song Contest, which is an actual thing. And yes, it is. is actually as crazy, if not crazier, than this movie makes it out to be, which is astonishing uh, once you've seen the movie. Uh, Will Ferrell. Have you ever watched the actual Eurovision before? Uh, not, until the, not until this movie, and then I, I like did some YouTube clips and stuff, and I was astonished. Uh, it, uh, how much it, the, the movie actually captures? Yes. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what it's like. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of one of those things where I was like, "Oh, they, they weren't they weren't exaggerating this all that much, uh, if at all." No, um, you know, I knew that Abba had come from it, and that there were some others that had been in it, and it's kind of the 
It's interesting that I don't watch this show, and I think it's probably because obviously it's a European thing, and so you know there hasn't been an American contestant in it necessarily. So it's one of those things that hasn't ever been on my radar. But it's the exact kind of entertainment I love. You know, um, talent mm-hmm. competition shows are very fun. So and when they've got this element of uh, insanity to them, uh, I imagine I would love it. So I, I may check it out um, if there ever is one again. Because, <laughs> yeah, it's with everything right now. Yeah. That is kind of where we are. Uh, yeah. So, but uh, we got Epic Sax Guy from Eurovision. I don't know if you ever saw that. No, Epic Sax Guy, like the meme. Yeah, like the YouTube clips yeah. of Epic Sax Guy. That That's was from, from Eurovision. Eurovision. I did not know that. I did not know that at yeah. all. Well, that, you- that was my inaugural introduction to Epic Sax or to Eurovision. Was him. Wow. Have you watched any of it other than that? Like, other than just kind of seeing the clips and stuff? No. Okay. Like, I've seen, like, uh, just little snippets and stuff, enough to where I know, oh, yeah, this movie with Will Ferrell is really, like, they they did their homework, kind of, mm-hmm. on what, you know, the vibe was like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what did you think of Eurovision Song Contest? Did you uh, like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? I'm going to go with just okay. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Right down the middle on this one. This is one of those movies where, honestly, I'm just going to say it's okay, but in reality, it's more of like, it's a very forgettable movie. Like, it doesn't, I don't hate it, I don't like it, it's just, it's a movie. I'll forget about it once we're done talking about it. Yeah, and I think there are some reasons for that. Maybe we can start here. Um, I might like it a little more than you. If I had to wrestle with one side of the just okay, it would be the liked it side. Um, it, it is a prototypical old school, forgive the pun, uh, Will Ferrell comedy. Um, and I don't mean that it's like old school. I just mean it has a lot of the same elements that these type of fantastical Will Ferrell comedies have. And yeah. it is the same Will Ferrell no matter what age he is, plays the man-child, you know, and does the things that Will Ferrell does. And so part of that is nostalgia. There's a part of it that I'm, that I'm like, you know, this is comfortable. I know this. I know what this is. Uh, I know the beats of the comedy. I know what's about to happen. And then there's the other part of it that is, I know this. I've been here before. I, you know, there's not a lot new here, you know, testing my funny bone kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so there were one or two moments where I was like, "Oh, that's kind of funny. That's kind of clever." I, you know, I don't know that I've seen that before, but for the most part, um, yeah, I've kind of been here before. But it also kind of feels good because of that in some ways. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's it's comforting. Yeah, yeah, it's you know, yeah. There's a bit of comfort food to it um, in some ways. Was there anything you liked about it? Actually, I like the music. I think the music in this is really good, and not only. Um, the the performance songs but actually the soundtrack there's a lot of cigaros in this which mm-hmm. is an icelandic band one of my favorite bands and once i once they started playing i was like oh yeah it's obvious that they should have cigaros in this because you know uh, rachel mcadams and will ferrell their characters are representing iceland cigaros mm-hmm. is an icelandic band of course they should have it in there but it just made me happy to hear that but actually, the songs that they were singing, well, I should say, the songs that they were lip-syncing <laughs> were really, really good. I enjoyed, like, if this was actually a soundtrack of them came out, I'm like, eh, I might get that. I like the songs. And it definitely has that Europop feel to it, too, which that's a, that's oh, a yeah. fun type of music. And, and every song 
kind of had that that techno edge to it with the poppy vocals and yeah that's kind of right in my wheelhouse as far as like just uh just listening to something and be like yeah i'm into this you know uh it just kind of captures you and takes you you know for that that ride um so yeah no i agree i think the music in this was good i i liked since we're on the music i really did i think my favorite part of the the movie actually was the the song mashup towards the middle of of this movie and apparently a lot of the singers in that mashup are former uh, eurovision winners or contestants which uh, yeah. is what I had assumed, and then when I looked it up, uh, was confirmed, and I loved that. I thought that was great, uh, and was co- probably my favorite five minutes of the movie was that that mashup. It's just something really infectious and fun about it. Um, you know, it's almost one of those things I would look up on YouTube afterwards and and continue to you know watch it again just because it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, I'm just, I know we're jumping back and forth, but I just want to throw out my biggest con for this movie. Sure, go ahead. It, it is long. This movie is way too long. Yeah, it's two hours. There's so much stuff that. It's over two hours, I think, yeah. Yeah, that's ridiculous for this kind of movie. Way too much, you know, filler with, you know, uh, improv banter and stuff that just seemed too forced and story arcs that didn't lead anywhere and just or didn't matter, and uh, they could have cut a good 45 minutes of this movie. And if they had, I would have liked this movie a lot more, probably. But I, it, at times, I felt like I was forcing myself to watch it. Yeah, I haven't done a lot of intricate, specific thought on what I would have cut, but I agree. It, it not only is too long just by looking at the fact that it's over two hours, um, but it felt too long. It, it felt some, yeah. some of it just felt stretched out. And when the comedy isn't doing a very much new, uh, it's really going to feel that. And so, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I, I don't know exactly what I would have chopped, but I do know that I came away with the, the same kind of feeling, uh, that there was, you know, there was too much going on here. Uh, one of the positives that I want to bring up, um, is Rachel McAdams. I am so glad to see mm-hmm. her continue doing comedy. Uh, I think she was probably, well, I, a battle between her and Dan Stevens for my favorite characters in the movie, where it's like every time they were on screen, I was just like, that's fun. And yeah. and it's just, it's great. And I, look, Will Ferrell's Will Ferrell. He's going to do Will Ferrell things, but... But uh, we expect that. But we expect that from him. And Rachel McAdams was the only one, even including Dan Stevens, although I think he was a little bit closer, but she was the only one who I'm watching her and thinking, man, she's really funny, but I'm also watching her and going, I believe that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, yeah, I know this character is over the top, but I believe it. I believe that's an actual person. I never believed Will Ferrell's character was an actual person. It never, you know, that it just didn't vibe with me that way. But with Rachel McAdams, Mm -hmm. you know, her talent, I think, is that she's hilarious, but also somehow feels authentic even in a ridiculous situation like this. Yeah. 100%. 100%. And yeah, I want to give some shout outs to Dan Stevens too. Yeah, for sure. That's just that's just a funny character. And it's weird not seeing him as Legion, you know? Cuz <laughs> I think I think for me, that's what I'm I, always going to see him as. Unfortunately, I believe, even when he did Beauty and the Beast, I was like, "Oh, Legion's Beast. That's cool." I believe you mean cousin Matthew uh is what you mm. always see him as cuz of course you're a Downton Abbey fan like I am, and that's where you saw him first. Obviously, yes. Because <laughs> I've I've seen Downton Abbey before. 
I know what you're talking about. Yes, exactly. I'm not going to lie. I had no idea that's what he was in first. Yeah, that was his that was his rise to fame. It's he's had a gr- I think he has had a really uh smart transition from that because he very specifically after Downton Abbey where he was uh everything you think about Downton Abbey and he was this heartthrob um, you know, uh, coattails and, you know, turn of the century, turn of the 18th century or uh, 19th century. Um, a proper gentleman. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I should say 20th century. But anyways, uh, yes, a proper gentleman is a way to say it. Uh, and, uh, and he has specifically chosen things that expand him beyond that range. A comedy like this, Legion, uh, you know, is, is a very interesting choice. He's doing voice work. Uh, for cartoons, and I don't know. I think I've, I've really been impressed with Dan Stevens' uh, choices since uh, Downton Abbey, so I'm glad to see him him here as well. Uh, I think he's one to watch like for like an up-and-coming like contender for like a best performance, you mm-hmm. know? Because I think he has that ability. Yeah, for sure. I really do. For sure. Uh, yeah. We haven't talked about Pierce Brosnan, who is uh, in this. <laughs> it's kind of wasted in many ways, I think. He's wasted, but yeah, uh, I I wanted more of him, but at the same time, he's what I would have cut. You know, like that whole, I, his character was funny enough to where I wanted to see more, but at the same time, that whole story arc with him is, it doesn't really go much of anywhere. I, I understand the purpose of it, like, you know, the father's son, right. you know, and wanting to get your father's admiration and stuff. But is that one of the parts of the movie I would cut for time? I don't know. Yeah, I think you might be right. I think uh, I think that is one of those things in the movie that is just there because the plot feels like it needs it to be there. And in many ways, this movie has too much plot. There's too much that it's trying to do with backstories and character motivations, and you know, there's that you almost don't have a central theme. The central theme should be about Sigrid and Lars, right? That should be your central story. Um, and yet the movie is spending time on these other things where, I don't know, it's just, it feels like, yeah, the dad, the, you know, and it's also something we've seen a million times before. And maybe that's, and maybe that's what they're thinking is that's what they're trying to make fun of, but it never feels like it's really satirizing that. No, not really. Like every single bit of it is, and then out of no, it it felt, uh, I don't want to get into that because it's kind of spoilerish, but yeah, it didn't feel like it really led to anywhere there was no like cathartic well there was one but it didn't i didn't feel anything right no i agree i totally agree i totally agree so um the other thing i will mention uh just because i don't i don't feel like we really need to do a a sif spoil on this one um there are a couple of uh moments that involve demi lovato's character that are for whatever reason were i'm trying to think of the 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 way i want to say this but they were stupid (laughs) uh no um it was like they were from a different movie in some way yeah it was it was one of those things and i almost kind of wanted to see that movie like the the second moment she comes in uh, to the movie, and again, I'm going to be pretty vague about this because there's a fairly yeah. decent plot point that involves what I'm talking about. But he he talks to her in a way that is unimportant, and then acknowledges how unimportant it is. And I found that yeah. really funny. Like I found I found that idea of this character that she was playing that way interesting. But it's just for that one moment. Like if that was that character's purpose through the entire thing. 
um, I don't know. There's there's a different kind of movie there that I, I kind of think is clever, and I don't know that I've seen that before. So mm. anyhow, yeah. it was it was a weird I still thought. Yeah, I think you're 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 totally fine to say that it's stupid, but there was I don't know, there was something there, a glimmer of something that I think could have been worked into something really interesting. But um but this movie did not do that. Um Yeah. So yeah, I think we've we've covered pretty much uh what I want to cover. Did you have anything else? Uh I can't remember if there's any post credit scenes or not. There is. Um Okay. Yeah, there's I probably I saw them that I just forgot about them. So Yeah, there's they're kind of it's almost like a pre-credits post-credit scene. It's like they throw up the oh yeah. You know, it's barely yeah. a post-credit scene, but it's it's definitely there. So um, yeah. and and it kind of continues in through the credits. It does that thing. Uh, so yeah. yeah, there's a little bit there for sure. Uh, overall, I don't know if you have Netflix. I, I can't say not to watch it. You know, you may have some laughs. You may have a good time. And it definitely yeah, if you're bored, it definitely sounded good. So. You know, there's that. Yeah, the music is good. That was, again, my biggest pro for the movie. Good music. So, might be worth it for you if you've already got Netflix. Not something to subscribe to Netflix for, uh, you know, solely. Uh, but if it's already... But uh, there's plenty of things to subscribe for Netflix for. Yeah, yeah. That they're originals. It's weird because I don't like saying, you know, hey, it's already free with, you know, on Netflix. It's like, well, it's not free. You're paying for Netflix, but, um, but it kind of feels that way. So, you know... Hey, if you if you have an empty evening and you want to maybe laugh and enjoy some weird music, then go for it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's move on to Irresistible. Democrats are getting their asses kicked. We need some way to road test a more rural-friendly message. If you can't live your principles in the bad times, I guess they aren't principles. They're just hobbies. Nice. John Wayne and a tractor have a baby, and all you can say is nice. Really nice. Oh my God, it's so nice. Colonel Jack Hastings is our key back into the great now swing state of Wisconsin. He just doesn't know it yet. A Democratic political consultant helps a retired Marine colonel run for mayor in a small Wisconsin town. Uh, This comes to us uh, from John Stewart, uh, stars Steve Carell. Uh, you've got Rose Byrne, Mackenzie Davis, Chris Cooper, Topher Grace. That's right. This is quite a cast uh, going on for this. Um, and is a political comedy, I think, is what we're going for, which shouldn't surprise you with Jon Stewart. Um, what did you think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or was it just okay? Low side of liked it, I think. This one was tough for me. Very, very tough. And it's hard. it's hard to say... Why? Without spoiling the movie. Um, yeah. And this is one I... I'll f- just say something happens in it that lowers my like of the movie. Yeah, I I had a roller coaster ride with this movie. And I think the, the specifics of that, we will wait to the Sif spoil to talk about. Um, this is definitely yeah. one I think we do need to give some of that spoiler information to kind of explore oh, yeah. that stuff. Um but uh, on just on the, the surface side, I will say I came away from this movie probably on the high side of it's okay, but it's one of those that I can see it continuing to diminish in my thoughts. Um, there, are, there are things in this movie I really like, like really, really yeah. like, and uh, unfortunately, they are not the things I feel like the movie eventually wanted to do. <laughs> If that yeah. makes any sense. So a hundred percent. You and I, I think we have the exact same. It's just that th- those things that I really, really like, I think that's what's pushing 
for me into the liked it yeah. category as opposed to a high side of okay. But yeah, yeah. And, but but those things, and the reason I say it might diminish is those those things. Once I knew that that's not what the movie was, I had to reevaluate. You know what I mean? Like I, I, yeah. just, I had to to kind of do that weird math of you thought you were having a good time, but you weren't actually on the same page as the movie. And when yeah. you're not on the same page as the movie, that's a I think a failure of the movie. You know, to communicate to its audience what it's doing. I, I guess I'll start here because this isn't spoilery to say this. This movie has major shifts in tone that. Um, oh yeah, that blew me. Like it, it, I thought, this movie started pretty much as a uh, heartfelt political satire or comedy, and that the characters were uh, meant to be at the edges, but fairly authentic. And it has a shift about 30, 40 minutes into this movie, and I, I can name the exact scene where it happens. That almost shifts it into Will Ferrell uh, Eurovision territory. <laughs> it's like all of a sudden it wants to be Austin Powers Man of Mystery or something. I don't know what's going on. Like it just it suddenly goes into over the top ridiculous comedy, and I'm just like, whoa, whiplash, tone whiplash. Like what's going on here? Um, that was that was my not quite my tempo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was my first clue that I was like, oh, maybe this movie isn't doing what I thought it was doing. Um, and then there was more confirmation later. But that that was for me the moment where I was like, oh, maybe I'm not going to like this movie because I really thought I was up until that point. Um, so yeah, like I said, an interesting ride for me. Do you know what I'm talking about? Kind of that feel. Yeah, I think it was the uh, introduction of another character. Yep. But at the same time. I liked when she was on the screen because I genuinely, I think, uh, I, I think this is not spoilers to say, but I think Steve Carell and Rose Byrne uh, playing off of each other mm-hmm. is hilarious. Yes. I thought that they were great. Oh, yeah. But you're right. It does tonally shift the movie from what I thought I was getting into into the uh, uh, satirical ridiculousness of the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it does coincide with her arrival. It does coincide with the Faith Brewster arrival in this town at the center of this movie. Um, but that's not specifically the scene that I'm thinking of. Um, but we'll talk about that more in spoilers. What about you? What's uh, What do you want to talk about first? You want to talk about stuff you like, stuff you didn't like? Like, how did this movie hit you? Uh, for, uh, even though you like, it's hard to say. Uh, going just solely off of performances alone, I think that Steve Carell... Actually, I think that the whole cast does a really good job of performing the characters that were in the script. Yes, 100% agree. I think that's the best way I can say without, you know, making it sound weird. Yeah. Um, uh, Steve Carell's great. Rose Byrne's great. Chris Cooper is great. Uh, Heck, even Will Sasso's great. But, you know, you just have... Oh, and of course, you know, Mackenzie Davis is great, too. Yes. But... Uh, I love her so much. She's so well, good. Well, it's funny. It was funny. Uh, uh, my wife and I were watching this, and Mackenzie Davis was on screen, and my wife said, we love her, don't we? I was like, yes, yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, but, yeah, I don't know if it's because you and I, we live in you know m- the Midwest, which is kind of what this is representing. Yes, 100%. I don't know if that influenced him. Like, it, it felt a little bit more personal. But because uh, I could relate to like uh, the strife of this town and everything mm-hmm. that was going on, like yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that happen before. Yeah. Um. Uh, and it just felt like everybody in the town was genuine. Mm-hmm. 
and then yeah and and then and then is exactly and right then. and then yeah <laughs> and then yeah it's uh it is uh, yeah sif listen sif spoil is going to be interesting on this one uh you can yeah, listen without seeing the movie if you want because you don't think you're ever going to see it uh but uh but yeah it's there's definitely some stuff that happens in this um i will mention a couple other things uh one i will say topher grace i'm loving seeing him pop up and more uh i think he's doing good stuff i think he is really underused in this movie for some reason um the same with natasha leone who is incredible i was just about to say like oh man that could have been a great character to watch yeah yeah so and for that i mean for that matter you mentioned will sasso he's great but again he's you know hardly in it um so there's something about this that feels uh just like a lot of small parts that end up kind of you want want more out of which i guess isn't totally bad um but uh the main cast uh i think is fantastic uh chris cooper i think is so good in this if i had to pick a standout it would probably be him um yeah i just i I, i'm loving what he's doing and he's really great here (laughs) Um, I think there are genuinely funny moments in this movie. I mentioned the tone shifts. Um, the tone, the tone not only shifts from drama to humor in weird ways, it shifts from humor to other kind of humor in weird ways sometimes. So I was vibing with some of the humor and other, the humor I was rolling my eyes at. And that's just kind of something that's going on here. And I, I don't know who to lay. I think you have to lay that at the feet of Jon Stewart, which is weird because he's such a funny guy, but I just wonder if maybe writing and directing movies isn't his thing like he just like you know he's much better when he can just talk to a camera and you know tell you what he's Mm -hmm. thinking as opposed to try to put it in a story like this um this uh, sorry to spoil your do you have anything else but this does have a post-credit scene um it has a couple it has a lot actually yeah yeah you're right you're not wrong um, one of them uh, in involves, and the reason I bring it up is because it involves John Stewart um, talking to someone about themes from this movie, and I was like, "Well, yeah. I just—that's all I needed." <laughs> like this, this, yeah. this movie doesn't accomplish that any better than what you just did in two minutes, um, and probably yeah, worse. exactly. It probably accomplishes it worse than what you just did in two minutes of an interview with one person. Um, so yeah, I just I find myself wondering if. And again, everybody has their growth process. I totally get that. I'm not saying Jon Stewart can't make a great movie. I'm just saying I don't think he's made a great movie here. And I wonder if part of it is his his style doesn't translate to trying to create a movie like this. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that the movie makes us follow two people that we know we're not supposed to root for. Mm-hmm. Like Steve Carell and Rose Byrne's characters, they're not good people, you know? They're part of a system that... Uh, we're not supposed to like. I will say, on the other hand, though, it is interesting to see how the sausage is made, sort of, you know, like with the whole political campaign. We've seen, I've seen it done better, but at the same time, it's always interesting to see done, mm-hmm. even from a satirical standpoint. But uh, there's got to be some truth to what is being put on screen here. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, in uh, about liking them, I do think the movie makes a pump fake at, that we're supposed to like Steve or that we're supposed to be rooting for Steve Carell to have a, uh, like a, uh, an evolution as that character. Um, and maybe that's partially what I'm talking about with the tone shift is, you know, for yeah. the first half hour of this movie, you think that it's about him learning what the heartland is really about. 
you know, like the, yeah, I thought that's what I was getting into. Yeah, and and so I think the idea is that we're going to end up watching him change and become a better person. And again, it's just not what the movie eventually is interested in. So, so yeah, it's. <sighs> Look, it's okay to make a movie that pulls the rug out from under your feet. That's okay. That can be really exciting and interesting. But you have to have a reason and a foundation when you do. If you pull the rug out of uh, out of underneath your audience's feet and they, you know, they land in Jello, that's that's no good. But there has to be a solid foundation underneath for them to land on and go, oh, I like this better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think what the movie's biggest sin is, and I'm going to try and be as general saying this is possible is for the good portion of the movie there's characters who have a an ideology or a belief that i am smarter than this person right and then the the movie shifts to where the movie is saying to us the audience i am smarter than you yes that's a great way to put it yeah and i'm like i'm like wh- why i i was i was on board i was i was here for you why are you why are you <laughs> yeah. mad at me all of a sudden <laughs> that's right why are you coming after me? Yeah. We're supposed to be friends. Ah, I paid to see you. Why are you <laughs> mad at me? That's right. That's right. Uh, no, that's a great way to put it. That is an absolutely great way to put it. And, uh, you know, for me, this is not a recommend, um, even though, like I said, it's on the high side of okay. I just don't know that I can justify telling people to spend 20 bucks to rent it. Like, it's just... Oh, no. It's, I can't. So, maybe when it's out and available on a streaming platform or something like that, check it out. But I, you know, and as much as I want the on-demand thing to work, I want that to be able to be a viable thing. Um, If it's going to work, it has to be free market. It has to work where, you know, the bad movies don't make as much as the good ones do. Um, And in this case, unfortunately, again, I don't know how to call this a bad movie. It's just, I think it's poorly constructed and... um, yeah, uh, there's so there's so much great work going on in this movie for it to feel like it feels when you're done. Uh, so yeah, and it's a, it's a bit of a bummer. I think it's just a bummer because I feel like there was a great there was a great movie possible here um, with the setup. But I think that might be the biggest sin is wasted potential. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, all right, let's move on to the best ever challenge. We're gonna do best ever Will Ferrell movies uh, this week since Will was in uh, Eurovision, and he's got a pretty big list of movies he's been in, so it gives us something to choose from. Yes, he does. Um, We'll go from number five to number one, then maybe mention some honorable mentions. Uh, We will mention those honorable mentions honorably, and uh, but that will be when the time comes. Uh, (laughs) uh, I'm going to start this time, Andrew, since you usually do. Um, My number five is Megamind. Still haven't seen it. It's it's good. I know I need to. It's good. It's good. Um, I it's I don't think it's a great movie, but it's a really good movie, and I think it's um, Brad Pitt in an interesting way that you haven't seen him before. Uh, you know, Tina Fey doing good work here. Uh, there's there's a really good structure to it. There's certainly plenty of things that could have been better, but I it's it's one of the more enjoyable. Um, movies animated movies uh, non-pixar animated movies um that i've seen so yeah i'd give some shout outs to megamind nice uh i'm ready to get trumped on this so just <laughs> you know you're ready yeah sure my number five is elf chump yeah i think i accidentally yeah, just said chump instead of trump and i don't know that i'm disappointed by that uh yeah. you're calling me a chump because <laughs> i have elf so low you chump. that's right that's right uh maybe maybe i'll just say jumped from now on um, anyhow, Jumped. 
Uh, yeah, no. Your number four. Uh, I guess we'll go to my number four. Uh, Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. Uh, the very. That was first... in my honorable mentions. Yeah, the very He's first. Musafa. Yeah, the very first Austin Powers movie. Um, I and the third. I think yeah he is he's uh, he's in both of those I think this is an underrated franchise I think because it kind of played itself out over three movies that we remember it being a little lesser than it is the first movie especially was really funny and at the time it it's came insanely funny it's really good it really is I think it has become underrated somehow but um, but I mean I would give it another chance if. If you haven't seen it and you just thought, oh, that's just a stupid, goofy Mike Myers movie, yeah, it is. It's a great, stupid, goofy Mike Myers movie. It's really fun to yeah. watch. So, uh, so yeah, I, I think it's a, it's one well worth putting in your queue. Absolutely. Okay, taking that one off my uh, honorable mentions. So, my number four? Yeah, sure. I'm going with Step Brothers. Ah, that was in my honorable, honorable mentions. Mm. Now, this, it might be the... I don't know. It's it's difficult to say if it's the funniest Will Ferrell movie, but it's it's one of the like top three funniest Will Ferrell movies. Uh, I think that him and John C. Riley just play off of each other so well. And like we said, whenever we talked about Eurovision, how Will Ferrell has this ability to just play a giant man child. Yeah, for sure. That's literally what this movie is. It's him and John C. Riley playing giant man childs. You know, mm-hmm. it's. But they, they do it so well, and it's so funny. It's so ridiculous. There's just, you can go into this movie with no expectations and leave going, that might be one of the funniest movies ever. It, I just love it so much. And you, it, not only is it uh, those two that, you know, just the way that they play off each other, but Adam, uh, why, am I, why am I drawing a blank here? Adam uh, McKay? Yeah, Adam McKay. He just does such a great, or Adam Scott, I mean. Oh, Adam Scott. Adam Scott, yeah. Adam McKay, who directed it, yeah. But no, Adam Scott's a great character in this, and so is, like, Catherine Hahn. But I think that Will Ferrell and John C. Reilly, whenever they are so ridiculous and they have to play off the straight guys, which is uh, Mary uh, Steenbrobin, or Bergen, I can't talk today. And, <laughs> Mary uh, Steenbrobin is fine, too. She goes by Mary Steenbrobin yeah. sometimes. Yeah, Steenbergen, yeah. But, uh... <laughs> But they play off of them so well as the straight ones, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I love this movie so much. And Adam McKay, yeah, you're, you're a genius. Uh, yeah, I, I agree that Step Brothers is really good. It was very close to making my list. Um, you know, it, it's kind of one of those things where I don't have a typical Will Ferrell comedy in my top five. And that's what Step Brothers would have been if I had put it in there. Would have been the one in my top five that was... That's a Will Ferrell movie because you know when we do this we do best ever movies, not necessarily you know best ever Will Ferrell performances or movies exactly that starred Will Ferrell. And so, but yeah, I think I have Step Brothers at the top of that list. And part of that is due to the fact, as far as not having one in my top five, is the Will Ferrell movie has never been right down the center of my humor line. It's not necessarily mm. something that connects with me perfectly, uh, like maybe a, a Jim Carrey or a Mike Myers. Do I, you know, I love their stuff, um, but Will Ferrell hasn't been that for me. However, having said that, Step Brothers is really funny, and I do laugh a lot at it. Um, nice. All right, ready for my number so three? Your number three. My number three is yep. my number three. Did you just trump me before I even said it? Well, I haven't said anything. Oh, okay, <laughs> but you're like I just said uh, you're number three now. Uh, my number three is Stranger Than Fiction. 
Trump. No, Trump. <laughs> I, I wonder. I was like, can he read my list? What, where is he looking? Uh, yeah. All right. We'll talk about The phone call's coming from inside the house, Aaron. <laughs> what do you got at number three? Anchorman. Yeah, that would be another uh, Will Ferrell comedy that I have in my honorable mentions. This one, he's not playing a... Well, he's kind of playing a giant man he child. Sure is. But there's, there's also a, a level of like a fake, uh, a false entitlement, false, you know, security with one's mm-hmm. own self. You know, it's it, it's great. It's, it's that culmination of that whole crew, which also has Steve Carell in it. But, uh, oh, man, that movie... They're so it, it might be the most quotable Will Ferrell movie I think out of everybody. Uh, yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, 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 I think that's fair. And it has one of my f- favorite scenes out of any comedy, and that's the uh, the news anchor uh, battle royale. It's just so over the top and ridiculous. Yeah. That yeah you, okay Aaron here's the thing you're a newsman you know you're on <laughs> sure, the news sure. Whenever Anchorman came out, was there a big uh, hoo-ha or hula about how this movie depicted your kind you know for the most part i might take some flack for this for the most part uh the news world is a little too self-serious to uh even notice something like that they just roll their eyes at it and move on um so <laughs> so no no that's no, a shame no hullabaloo from the the news world that i saw oh well that's a shame you're missing out on something great there <laughs> that's right that's all right. All right. So that's my number three. Okay. Uh, my number two, I would imagine, is in your top two as well. We'll see. Uh, is the Lego movie. Yeah. Okay. So we can talk about it now as my number one. Yeah. I wondered if it might but, be. Um, since, you've, yeah. you, since you've got it at number one, why don't you start? Um, you want to talk about one of the greatest culminations of a cast ever? Yeah. It's crazy to think that the Lego movie might actually be in that list, but... Will Ferrell, Chris Pratt, Elizabeth Banks, Will Arnett, Allison Brie, Anthony Daniels, Charlie Day. Here's another thing. There are characters in this movie, they may have like one or two lines, but it's the real people who have betrayed portrayed them in other movies. Like, they got Anthony Daniels to play C-3PO and he has like, oh no, you know, he mm-hmm. all, it's, all he says is, oh no, but it's really Anthony Daniels. Yeah. Or you'll have like a... Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of like another good example of that, but uh, oh man, the jo- oh, you have Morgan Freeman and Jonah Hill, Jake Johnson, Keegan Michael Key, Liam Neeson, mm-hmm. Shaq playing Shaq. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it's it's just crazy this cast that they got, and it's also amazing that a cast that big actually works. You know, mm-hmm. nobody's like trying to outdo one another or anything. Yeah, but uh. I think the Lego movie might be the funniest animated movie of all time. I, Ooh, I wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly believe that it's the funniest mm-hmm. animated mm-hmm. movie ever. Mm-hmm. I would wholeheartedly agree that it's in that conversation. Only reason I say that is I would have to do a little more research. Uh, but you know, if I think of all my favorite like Pixar movies that are hilarious, they are hilarious. But the Lego movie is funnier. If you're just talking about laughs per minute or i i really yeah. think that is what um what chris miller and, and phil lord excel at is that really quick laughs per minute kind of humor cloudy with a chance of meatballs is the same way it's a very funny mm-hmm. movie um so yeah i i i might agree with you i just have to do a little further kind of looking and, and seeing what's going on with that 
And then on top of it, this movie doesn't solely rely on the cast and its humor. There's an emotional gut punch at the end of this movie right. with the father and son. You're like, oh, I didn't see this coming. Yeah, you know, <laughs> every time, every time we talk about Lego movie, uh, and every time I think about it, I'm like, this needs to climb my best of all time list a little bit more because it, it not only captures what I love about a comedy is just hilarious. You're right. It's meaningful and it's clever. And it, I just, I, this, this is an all around great movie. It just really is. Um, so yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, you want to take a guess where it lands on my, uh, uh, all-time great movies list um i'm gonna say 17 17 that'd be nice but there's a lot of movies it's number 35 okay okay yeah 17 is v for vendetta oh very nice <laughs> very nice man yeah. I, obviously I, obviously it's v for vendetta i mean obviously i i'm just gonna continue yeah. your thought on the cast here because just some that you didn't mention uh nick Off- oh yeah nick offerman you didn't mention oh yeah uh, metal beard <laughs> i don't think you mentioned channing tatum and jonah hill as superman and green Lantern. oh green lantern and superman is so funny <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you mentioned morgan freeman uh I, I thought i did um i don't think you mentioned will forte as abraham lincoln uh and uh kobe smolders as wonder woman uh dave franco is in it as wally uh billy d williams voices lando in the movie so yeah you got Billy D. Williams coming in to play Lando Calrissian for, like, just like two lines. Is he a cool guy like you? <laughs> and Jake Johnson, you know, who we love from New Girl, uh, in his Barry. Oh so, yeah, yeah. What I, I mean, you're you're absolutely right. That is an incredibly uh, prolific cast. So fun stuff, fun stuff. Now I feel like I should have put it at number one. Um, but anyhow, <laughs> no, I get it. Elf is insane it's one of the best you know you know movies ever but before we get to that because i know that's your number one we need to talk about stranger than fiction yeah just our two trumps left so yeah i had it at number three and you had it at number two right yes yeah what did you um tell me about stranger than fiction for you oh if there if this there was ever a movie that convinced me that will ferrell could actually be a good actor and like do dramas and stuff Mm -hmm. it's this one it's such a unique movie. That's another thing I love about it. There's not another movie out there that I can think of that's like Stranger Than Fiction. Yeah. It's such a beautiful concept for a movie. Oh, it's so good. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Uh, Will Ferrell's not my favorite part of this movie. It's Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman kills it in this movie. I agree. Uh, I think that Maggie Gyllenhaal is also great in this. I don't know if I really buy, you know, the two of them, you know, uh, Will Ferrell and her. I can understand the animosity, but I don't see it blossoming into anything more than, you know, just a friendship. I don't, I didn't really buy into the whole romance of it all. But as far as, you know, the the character in a book and the author narrating everything, it's, it's such a crazy, unique movie that I can't help but just, I want to watch that movie right now. It's so good. So good. Yeah. Um, I No, I agree. And, uh, you know, you you didn't even uh, mention Emma Thompson, you know. Oh, yeah. So good. As or well. Queen Latifah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really have a, a, a good good time with this movie, but in such a different way than I, I would usually have with a Will Ferrell movie. And I don't know. It's I, I think a lot of that credit has to go to Mark Forster. Uh, the director, yeah. I think he, you know, he knows what he's doing. 
Um, you know, you can see his his sensitive touch in the movies uh, that he's done. Um, he also directed Quantum of Solace in World War Z, so he also understands action really well, uh, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, you look yeah, at like... Yeah, Stranger Than Fiction is an action-packed film. <laughs> well, you know, it's not completely devoid of action. Um, you know, yeah. people do move. Uh, that does happen. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, you know, you said it's the one that made you believe that Will Ferrell could be a good dramatic actor. Mm-hmm. The problem is I think we're still waiting for the confirmation of that in many ways. Um, and that's unfortunate. Uh, you know, as we talk about Will Ferrell's, uh, you know, filmography, that's one thing that struck me looking through it was like, man, he didn't really ever get that second dramatic role that could have shown that. You know, you look at somebody like Jim Carrey or Steve Carell or, you know, Robin Williams or Adam these other, Sandler. Or Adam Sandler, you know, the these other hilarious comedians that did, you know, branch into drama, they all got a lot of shots at it and they all got better as they did it, right? And um yeah. and he's just he's just only got the one shot really. Uh, unless have I'm you ever seen uh, Everything Must Go? No, I don't think so. Okay, when did that apparently come out? that's another uh, drama uh, that came out uh, about six, seven years ago. Okay, uh, he uh, I should have seen him it. and his wife get divorced, and uh, he has to sell everything. So it's just him living in his lawn uh, with a giant garage sale, getting rid of everything. I haven't seen it, but. Uh, I know it exists. Man, yeah, 2010. So this was actually right before I was like seeing everything, everything. Uh, this was right before mm. I became part of the BFCA uh, and was getting screeners and that kind of stuff. So it did miss me. Uh, it has a 73% on Rotten Tomatoes, so it seems to be generally at least liked. And uh, yeah, maybe I'll have to check that one out. Maybe that that is a, a kind of that, that second shot for him uh, to be able to do that kind of thing. And again... He's he's not dead. He's got plenty of time, you know, to oh, yeah. kind of move into some other stuff. I just I wonder for him if he even wants to, you know, or if he's just fine, you know, playing the man child every year or two. Yeah. And that's fine. I mean I ain't, I ain't have a problem it, with that. It brings in the money, everybody's gonna continue to go see it, you know. Sure, sure. No problem at all. Uh speaking of playing the man child, uh let's talk about my number one elf. The um, literal man child, yeah. <laughs> Oh, man, this movie, I admit, wholeheartedly has a special place in my heart because it's a an annual tradition to watch at Christmas. I've watched yep. it every year for many years. Uh, it yep. is, you know, you mentioned um, Anchorman being his most quotable movie. Uh, I think Elf probably has a little bit of that battle can, you know, hold up with its own. There's certainly a lot quotable here. Um, you sit on a throne of lies. <laughs> I uh, I think it is, you know, it is the movie that best captures that man-child thing and makes it a part of the entire point of the movie. In so many of mm-hmm. his, his movies, his uh, Arrested Development man-child thing is just a part of the character that makes the character different or feel, um, you know, funny or out of place. Whereas here, it's kind of the point. And uh, and I think because of that, everything just locks in with Elf. Yeah, uh, I think it is a staple of many a many a household for the holiday seasons. That it's one of those like this Christmas Carol and uh, trying to think what else uh, maybe the Grinch who stole Christmas. But Elf is definitely like one of the staples you have to watch. You know. Yeah. 
Yep. And yeah. for uh, me, for our family, uh, we have three movies we have to watch. Uh, we have to watch Elf. We have to watch Muppet Christmas Carol. And then we have to watch Home Alone. Yeah, those are good choices. It's Elf and It's a Wonderful Life for us. But yeah, I I, uh, I think it has become for many people an, an annual experience like that. And I, I totally get it. It's just, it's fun to watch. It's good stuff. And, and you know, it's just, it's really watchable and rewatchable. Yeah. You know, the Peter Dinklage scene, um, you know, uh, <laughs> Zoe Deschanel is just adorable. And I, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's well, really great. Well, she can't not be adorable. Yeah. She tried once to be not be adorable and then... We got New Girl. I think and it became ultra adorable. Yeah, right. I think she uh, the the phrase "adorkable" was uh, you know invented for her in a review. I think if I'm remembering correctly, um, I've never heard the term "adorkable." Adorkable, yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I love it. Um, yeah, so it's just such great stuff, and I really like it. John Favreau, uh, when he's on fire, he's on fire. He makes good movies. Um, so yeah, I just I have a really good time with it. Uh, Seventeen years ago is when Elf came out. Seventeen what? years. Yep, that's crazy. Two thousand and three. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, there you go. Our best ever. And Will honorable Ferrell. mentions. Yeah, let's do some honorable mentions. I've got four left. Um, go ahead and do yours. You'll probably hit all mine. Okay, uh, I'm going from least to most likely to make it on my list. Okay. Okay, so Night at the Roxbury. You know, it's just one of those you see as a kid and then whenever Hathaway's What Is Love comes on, you got to do the head bop, you know? <laughs> yeah, but that's from SNL, not necessarily that movie. It was on SNL first. Well, yeah, but it was also a Night at the Roxbury. Those characters are from, you know, the yeah. SNL skit. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's kind of like Wayne's World is technically characters from an SNL skit. Mm-hmm. Uh, number six, uh, The Producers. Yeah, worth mentioning. He has a little, yeah. Uh, Talladega Nights. Yep, that was in my honorable mentions. One that was, I, I struggled. I wanted to put it on my list just because of what it meant to me when I was younger. Zoolander. Mm-hmm. Definitely have that one. Mugatu. That was, the, that was the closest one to making my list was Zoolander. Yeah. Mugatu is just such a fun character. Mm-hmm. Uh, old School, Frank the Tank, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Wedding Crashers, which I think that movie doesn't get enough props for how good it is. I think Wedding Crashers is... A really, really smart and fun movie. Man, I'll maybe I have to go back and watch it. I I remember not liking it that much, and I haven't had any desire to go back and check my opinion on it. It's it's weird seeing Bradley Cooper now because for back then he was just the bad guy. Mm-hmm. It's weird seeing him as the bad guy. Yeah, he was Mister Smart. Uh, and, yeah, uh, and then the final one I have is the other guys. Yep, I had that one as well. Uh, the only one you didn't mention that I have is Blades of Glory. I think that's uh, haven't seen it. So. That's a that is a for me. You know how sometimes a movie just hits you for whatever reason. Yeah. When I watched Blades of Glory, I was in the mood to laugh, and it 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 actually <laughs> feels of the movies we're talking about in this segment. It kind mm-hmm. of feels the most like Eurovision um, because it, I think it, what is it the costumes and yeah stuff? the costumes and the performances and the eccentricity of it um you know I I don't know I, I really enjoy it I think it's it's funny um I guess it has a 70 percent on Rotten Tomatoes so I guess I'm not totally alone um but yeah yeah, yeah you, you may want to check that one out it's pretty funny yeah I I might if I have a, a free day <laughs> it's not one I'm gonna actively seek out. There's way too much for me to actively seek out right now. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. I definitely hear that. 
Before we head on to the uh, the buried treasure, thank you so much to our SIFBOP members. You make this possible. Uh, we could not do it without mm-hmm. you. We recorded uh, another SIFBOP members bonus episode, kind of going over our 4th of July fun that we had uh, in, since the holiday just happened, kind of catching up and that kind of stuff. So we're glad to record those for you. Lots of other fun perks you can check out at patreon.com slash SIFTPOP. And uh, thank you so much for your support. All right, let's talk about our buried treasure for the week. Andrew, what do you got? I got a movie. Came out on Amazon. I've heard of movies. Uh, you've heard of movies? I've heard of movies. Well, I don't know if you've heard of this one or not. Hopefully you have, because it's really good. It's a movie called 7500. Uh, nope. Drawn a blank. <clears throat> All right. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. It's not quite a, a, a movie that takes place in one scene, or like one scene like Locke or a Buried, mm-hmm. but it's as close as you can get to that. It's all about, uh, I'm going to read the synopsis for us. Uh, when terrorists try to seize control of a Berlin to Paris flight, a soft-spoken young American co-pilot struggles to save the lives of the passengers and his, clue, and his crew Sorry, uh, from... Uh, uh, while forging a surprising connection with one of the hijackers. Hmm. Now, uh, I'm just going to say off the top, this is a rough, rough movie. Yeah? Yeah. So, um, it, there's, but, the terrorism oh, part of it is is authentic enough that makes it a tough watch? Yeah. And uh, it's also uh, the helplessness of Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character. Like, he can't, he has to fly a plane. He can't do anything, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's all about him and the the actual pilot. Uh, specifically, there's one terrorist that he is like communicating with that speaks English. Uh, it's it's a powerful movie. It's one of those movies like from the moment it starts, like even like as the credits are going all the way until the very end, you feel tense. Like, the way it's shot, the music, everything about it is like, just like, I can't relax right now. Nothing about this movie is making letting me relax. It's uh, emotional. It's very, very well acted. I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt does an amazing job in this. Um, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Again, though, just as a, a warning to everybody, it is rough. So, it appears to be a 2020 release. Uh, just came out... Um like a couple weeks ago, June 18th. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't, man, this completely, forgive the pun, flew under my radar, but uh, I, I'm i going to have to check this one out. So this is the new world. Yeah. Let me know in, what man. you think. Yeah. It's, I, I keep forgetting about Amazon prime videos, you know, I'm like, Oh yeah, let's see what's new on Amazon prime. Yeah. Well, they and just, then- they just announced they uh, are releasing my spy on Amazon. You know, I think that's out on Amazon prime. Uh, the Dave Batista. Uh, you know, yeah. babysitting movie. Um, so yeah, it's it's just it's gonna take some getting used to. You know, I have to figure out. Like, I knew where to go look for what's coming out this weekend, and now things have just shifted and changed so much that it's like, you know, how do I, you know, like I I don't know where I would have seen that seventy five hundred came out on Prime Video. You know what I mean? Like, I just I have to yeah. find my new avenues for feature length film releases digitally. And that's just a new thing that that's, we're all going to have to navigate, and you know I need to navigate it better. So, oh, Aaron, Knives Out is on Amazon Prime. <laughs> well, I have seen that one uh, five times now. By the way, uh, wow, I keep going back. Uh, yeah, Five's Out. Um, 
actually five is still in i still love that movie um <laughs> all right uh my buried treasure is season two of twilight zone uh on cbs all access uh that dropped uh all of those episodes i think there were 10 new episodes you may remember me talking about season one of twilight zone and not being impressed uh and thinking that maybe jordan peele was trying too hard with the metaphorical part of it and forgetting the story part of it as much um and i have to thankfully announce i think season two is awesome i loved so many of the episodes in season two um and that's exciting to me because it was a real disappointment to me when i didn't like a lot of the episodes in season one and i'm excited that he got a season two and a chance to kind of write that ship because for me and i'm not talking for everybody but for me, I was really engaged uh, with a lot of what's going on in season two. So uh, I wanted to make sure and give a, a shout out and a recommend uh, for season two of Twilight Zone. Oh, uh, what's what's it on again? CBS All Access. C- CBS All oh. Access is where the Twilight Zones are exclusively. Did you ever see season one? Any of that stuff? I, I did not because I don't have All Access, mm. but I'm sure I could find it somewhere. <laughs> sure i could sure. find it on cbs all access that is exactly where you could find it that is exactly where yeah. you could find it um i was trying to think of some of the specific ep- episodes just to kind of give like a little uh teaser but I, I binged them all together and so it's one of those things where it's all running together and i'm trying to remember what happened where but like there was um the, the thing that always blows me away about uh, this even in the first season, but even more in the second season, is just how star-studded these episodes are, and just what big. Name. I was about to ask. Like it's just it's it's so fun with everyone to be like, oh my goodness, I can't believe that person, you know, uh, was in that one, or that this person, you know, jumped in for this one. Like you know, the first uh, the first season had like Camille Nanjiani in one. Uh, you mentioned Adam Scott; he's in the second one in the first season. Um, you know, and kind of went, uh, down those kind of, of roads. But in this one, um, like you've got, um, I'm trying to think, uh, who would be some of the ones that, that I would mention. A lot of them are like those people, you know, where you see them in a bunch of stuff. Um, like, uh, Joel McHale stars in one of yeah. them. Um, you know, Jenna Elfman pops in in one. Damon Wayans Jr. stars in another one. Topher Grace, who I just mentioned. That's actually might be my favorite, uh, episode of the season it's, it's interesting that everybody you're mentioning is a comedic actor yeah yeah no that's true that's true um so anyhow it's i i just i, I was pleased i was pleased to see season two kind of right the ship a little bit maybe i was just in a good mood and, and ready to watch it um but you know it's it's the it seems to me the second season did so much more of the thing i love that uh, black mirror does where the concept is so fascinating that the execution mm-hmm. almost becomes secondary and if the execution is even just competent it's going to be a great episode does that make sense 100 percent, yeah uh so, have you ever watched the original twilight zone i don't know if yes. i've ever asked you that before yes i have i have i don't think i've watched every single episode but i've definitely uh as i grew up and you know through my life have watched an episode here or there and i've, I've probably seen you know 100 or so episodes over my time nice I love Rod Serling. Did you, uh, I know we're, this is kind of rambling, and but uh, did you ever have a favorite episode of the old run? I mean, Nightmare at 30,000 Feet is, 
you know, the one that everybody mentions. Uh, There's someone on the way. Uh, which I think. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, but I also like the one where uh, it's about... Uh, for, uh, you, you probably will know if you're a big fan, but it's the one where I think somebody uh, looks ugly to them because they look different, and then at the end they do surgery or something and they reveal the new i can't remember it's it's kind of one of those things where you know you just you remember bits and pieces from your past but mm, yeah. yeah i i always enjoy the twists and the fun thoughts and that kind of stuff so yeah it's good yeah gotta love it gotta love it well we did All it right. man. yeah we did we uh we entered the the sif pop song contest and came out on top we we re- yep. we did it we we had a good time i i am volcano <laughs> Yes, exactly. Thank you so much for joining us today on Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out today. Well, thank you, buddy. Huge thanks to Phil for producing the show. Thanks, Phil. And much love and gratitude to our Sif Pop members for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing. Support starts at 3 bucks a month, and you get access to all the bonus episodes, some other fun perks. You can check that all out at patreon.com slash Sif Pop. Uh, lots of ways to connect with us. You can leave a comment. You can rate us. You can leave a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Or you can email us, feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show too. So make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than surviving a human hamster wheel malfunction. Uh, we will <laughs> be back next week to talk Hamilton as well as probably some other stuff too. So we'll see you then. Bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.